You're listening to WNHH 103.5 FM Community Radio in New Haven, Connecticut. This is The Table Underground, and I'm your host, Tegan Engel. We're digging into inspiring stories of food, radical love, and creative social justice. For a lot of people, December is Christmas season. And if you're lucky to be part of the Puerto Rican community, it's also coquito season. This coconutty sweet drink, traditionally made with moonshine or rum, is mixed up and bottled in homes and shared widely from November into January. If you ask around about where to get some, everyone's going to tell you their recipe is the best in town. Our guest today, Aida Casanova, the winner of numerous coquito contests, and Aris Castillo, the star of the recent show La Negra, a bomba musical, both have a mean coquito game, generations old. They're in studio to talk about the special drink and the importance of keeping Puerto Rican traditions and culture alive. Aida and Addis, welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Yes. So, Addis, could you start us off and give us a little idea of what is Coquito and um, what is the role that it plays in the holiday season in Puerto Rican communities? All right. So, Coquito is um, a coconut-based, milk-based drink that we make on the island. And it's funny, as you asked me that question before we started recording, I'm sitting up here going, I wish I would have done a little homework to give you some more of the origins. But given that I can tell you exactly how I've come to be raised around this, we don't talk about coquito as rum. You know, we quinquena la cañita, who has the the, sh- the sugar cane, the the grain alcohol to actually make the coquito, is how, always how I came to understand coquito. It was the drink of drinks, if you will, during November to January season. And um, for my family, who still resides in Carolina, Puerto Rico, this was like the... This is like the, um, for lack of a better term, if we had like a communal pot of food that we all share from, that would be what Coquito is to us. Like I can remember vividly every single house party during the holidays where most people have their food on display on one table in the middle Mm -hmm. and the drinks are in the back is the opposite for us. The food is in the kitchen, the Coquito is out front and center (laughs) because everyone wants to trade stories, everyone wants to, you know, give each other compliments of how good their drink is, but more or less it becomes like the spirit of the moment when we're together is how we communicate, is how we... um, pay homage to our ancestors, given that it is made um, with cañita. I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of this, uh, tr- the traditions behind Coquito actually even date back much further than even the creation of Puerto Rico for what it is. Right. Yeah, I was thinking about that too, like the sugar cane and rum mm-hmm. and, and kind of the plantations yep. and then like how that what is that way back origin story? I did try to do some research mm-hmm. and actually did not find a good. So somebody needs to write a good yeah. origin story of like the real ancient history of it. Ida, can you share a little of, of what was the tradition in your family growing up? What did you what were your first memories of coquito making? Um, my first memories were my parents act, obviously making uh, coquito. My father um, scraping the cocoa from the real coconuts. Um, I remember it was a long, all like hours it took them to make it. They would make batches and batches, but I every single year for the holidays, this is the drink. This is what we have. We have uh, other types of drinks, but this is what everyone seeks at every holiday party. If you don't have it, it's not a real Puerto Rican party, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, so my dad and my mom, you know, that those were my first memories. And after that, everyone would pick up a bottle from my parents. Um, then I followed up. 
I followed right after them with their tradition and picked it up early on, maybe 16, 17. And I think I've made it every single year, whether I make for others or I make just for personal use or just family. But I've also passed on most of my recipe. <laughs> I passed on my recipe. And, you know, I, I take pleasure in that. Why not? We have to keep keep it alive. You know, we um, lose a lot of traditions. This is one. I don't think it's going anywhere. Mm-mm. However, you know, we want to keep it going. My kids look forward to it. And um, it's just not at the parties. We drink it at home, yeah. you know. Yeah. Did you learn, did your dad teach you his recipe or yes. how did, so tell me about that. My dad, it. he, they taught me, the, I, I, it was more visual for me. I knew, you know, what they did. Um, and then I got older and I'm making it and he would come over and say to me, well, you know, are you adding this? Are you adding that? Mm-hmm. Well, some things I tweaked, you know, I said to him, I'm, I'm a modern, I'm a working mom. Like I have to tweak it a little you know what did, I can't. what did he want you to do well he was like where are the coconuts <laughs> and i'm going i, I can't I, I don't have time to sit there and break a coconut like i can't remember that he would sit there for hours with this huge like a machete to you know first to you know, drain them and mm-hmm. then cut them and then scrape them and then heat it up you know just to get all the juices was he, out how was he was he making coconut milk out of it yeah he was and yeah using he a blender the, he would use a blender mm-hmm. and he, it was just a long I can remember it being a long process but he still I you know my dad is um he's you know he's he's got some touch of you know dementia mm-hmm. so we sort of you know talk and reminisce a lot just because we want to keep it you know we want to keep him healthy and the other day he said something to me that he'd never said before. And I'm like, Dad, you know, do you remember this? And he's absolutely. But, you know, I wouldn't put a lot of rum or I wouldn't put any rum because back in those days, women wouldn't drink rum. So he would make the virgin uh, flavor recipe. recipe. Mm-hmm. And for the men, I put we would put rum. So we had two different bottles whenever mm. we would uh, distribute them. Mm. So I'm like, oh, that was interesting. I said, I, you know, it still goes. I remember making it and my kids were little and I would make the virgin, the virgin recipe and they would drink it. Yeah. I clearly remember doing that with my kids. That's great. Yeah. I've made that before for my kids too. Can you tell us what's in your recipe? How, walk us through how to do it. Um, okay. So I, in terms of, of, of ingredients, um, coconut milk, um, cream of coconut. I have evaporated milk and sweetened condensed milk. And I, my rums, um, I do add one egg. This can, people can sit there and say, you add eggs or you don't add enough. One egg to my in- entire batch. And um, cinnamon and vanilla. And it's creamy, it's sweet, you know, it's very, you know, you drink it and you just want to keep going. But I do add um, multiple rums to my... So are you using like a light rum and a dark rum? I do. Why do you like to do both of them? I don't... It depends. Everyone has a different taste for coquito. That is a fact. And no one... Yours can be better than mine, but no one... Everyone is... It's great. Um... I just like to cut it so I don't have to add as much 
alcohol, so it doesn't have the alcohol aftertaste. So I cut it with the dark just so I can have the same consistency of alcohol, the same strength. But you're not, you're not tasting the pure alcohol, so it's spiky. So the the dark one has a little more caramel flavor to it and yep. isn't just like a sharp alcohol taste? Exactly. Okay. And what do you like about adding the egg to it? I think I just picked that up from my from my dad. So I, I've never not made it without eggs. Um, I just picked that up from his recipe. I think it just makes it a little creamier, although the other, the creams, um, the milks are, are pretty thick. But it just gives it a little extra yeah, a little creaminess. Yeah. And so are you putting this in a pot, in a blender? How how do you put it together? Put it in a blender, everything together, and just mix. And then um, just pour into the bottles. And I just cool them in the fridge, and I have to have it on the rocks. You like it on the rocks? Yeah, nice I like it cold. on the rocks. It's just nice. It's yeah. creamy, and it's super silky. Yeah, so, it's beautiful. Thank you. So, Addis, where did your recipe come from? How did you first learn to make coquito? Six years ago. What happened? Um, so, I was sitting as you're talking. I was actually having flashbacks of being living in Puerto Rico. I grew up in Puerto Rico before I moved to New Haven. And you're right; it's the coconut. The whole process of the coconuts. I remember my family would often break open coconuts, drain the water. You know, you, that's a whole other like mm-hmm. deliciousness in itself. But grating the coconut, like I re, I'm now remembering interesting facts as you were talking. Yes. I'm like, yeah, so maybe I have been watching this and didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. So when I got the recipe, my mother, you know, the way that my family works, everyone is responsible for their specialty dish during the holidays. My mother's is el arroz con gandules. That's that's her stuff. Nobody mm. messes with her, right? <laughs> so one year she's like, why don't you make the coquito? And I was like, okay, I don't know how. So she just gave me this list and said, yeah, no, no instructions. So most of the time when people ask me what to measure, I'd be like, I don't know, just can of this, can of that, you know, mix it together and bam. It was just, everything was by watching. So um, she gave me a recipe and much of all of those ingredients, except instead of the egg, it said, you know, to add eggnog. And I was like, Okay, whatever. Even though I've heard often people say Coquito is Puerto Rican eggnog, and people, yes. like folks from the island, they, be like, Arr! they give you the side eye. They're like, don't you eggnog. call it eggnog? But I will say that um, in my recipe, I do use eggnog. Um, but what I've learned is that um, I usually mix it with either Palo Viejo as my rum, mm-hmm. or sometimes I get um, funky and do something like Hennessy. Um, it, that was like a thing I kind of just tried for the sake of trying. And it turned out to be a hit. Um, everything else is exactly the same, the process. Um, I noticed, though, even yesterday as I was shopping, is that um, the taste changes depending on the type of ingredient that mm. you use. Yes. Right. So, like, um, if you use Coco Lopez versus, um, like, Goya coconut cream, is a totally different taste. And even in the coconuts that we have in Puerto Rico, as opposed to the coconuts you would find here, is a totally different thing. Um, I tend to be heavy with the liquor. I will say that. I don't drink it myself. My family loves it. And I'm going to have to start giving them a side-eye conversation about why they like it. But every time that I've made it, you know, that's that's what they're waiting for. And and make sure you bring two gallons. And I'm like, okay, two gallons. That's... (laughs) The goal here, bring that in. Um, but you don't it, drink it? No, I don't drink do you it. Don't, do you I'm, not drink alcohol or you just don't like it? It doesn't. The older I get, the less it agrees with my stomach. Yes. And then on top of that, I discovered a couple years ago that I'm lactose intolerant. So, oh, wow. So then it's like, I You're get to. You're missing out. Yeah. So like, I'm excited. I want to, I'm going to take a chance and taste yours. Yes. Anyway, I never Good. thought to like switch it up and put two different rums. Mm-hmm. 
that's that's kind of yeah. I've never that was that was kind of by accident. Like as I said, I tweaked my dad's recipe, mm-hmm. um, and I just cut it. Just I'm not. I like to taste the flavors, mm-hmm. so I felt like adding a lot of the rum overpowered the coconut flavors. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I like this, and I get you know I get different. Um, feedback from people mm-hmm. they're like oh this tastes like ice cream like a coconut ice cream this tastes like you know or or they'll say i can't stop drinking it because it's not as strong that you know you're sort yeah. of like you put it to the side and okay i've had enough they it, bottles just go pretty fast but it was because of the ramen and i like spicy drinks and anybody that knows me so um but i felt like that was taking away the flavor of the coconut yeah well it's interesting because I had been seeing, I mean, every year I see people making coquito, and but for some reason this year I saw like on social media, just yeah. hearing people talk, there was like extra talk about it. And um, a number of people said that they made vegan recipes, like non-dairy versions. And so I was thinking, you know, now we don't just have coconut milk in the can. We mm-hmm. have the coconut milk that comes in like the milk box, mm-hmm. whether it's like on the shelf or in the cooler. And then you could replace that for some of the condensed milk or evaporated milk because it's not as fatty. You know, if you put mm-hmm. like more cans of just coconut milk, that might make it like so heavy that mm-hmm. it would be intense. But you could kind of cut instead of the uh, evaporated milk and condensed milk, use some of that coconut yeah. milk and a little sugar yeah. to balance it. But there was like, when I, I just put out on social media, like, who do you know who makes great coquito? And a whole, there was like 50 different names up I there. Bet, and bet. then a bunch of people said they made non-dairy ones for their family. So interesting. I don't think you're the only one <laughs> struggling and with that. And, right, there's a lot of flavors out there. I stick to the original. Me too. I... That's just me. I'm but a traditionalist. I'm not with the Nutella coquito. I'm <laughs> exactly. not with the pistachio. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Not that it's not not criticizing it, yeah. but if I'm going to make it, I'm going to stick to the original recipe. Classic. I have exactly. made the Nutella one, and it almost to me felt like I was cheating on. I was cheating on the tradition. Like, what are you you trying to? I as we we were trying to Americanize it. That's what it felt like in that moment. So I was like, I'm not I'm not doing that. Just, yeah. This is what I make. You want to yeah. add whatever you want to it. Knock yourself out. Yeah, I feel like that even on on competitions, I'm like it has to be classic. Mm-hmm. It has to be classic. Um, I've sat on some you know organizations where they're putting it together, so we're all huddling and figuring out the rules. I'm like it has to be classic. You you can't. It's not fair. It's not the same taste. And you know you get someone like my dad. That's old school. He's like, what is pistachio? Mm-hmm. What is Nutella? <laughs> yeah. So no. Um, yeah. but it's. To each his own. Yeah. Well, so in line with this, like, can you talk a little about why you think there is such strong passion and pride behind Coquito? And like, you know, people are posting bottle, you know, their their rows of bottles. People are bottling it to sell. It's like, talk a little why you think there's so much pride and, and enthusiasm about it. Puerto Ricans are prideful. I mean, that's first. We're very passionate about what we do. We try to keep the culture alive. And I think this is one of... The things in our culture were, you know, I don't think it's ever going to go away. I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had, I have people from every nationality that either purchase or expect or, I mean, I I think we're just very passionate about what we do in our culture. I'm not sure if you have. No, I told, I second that. And I think it's one of the, um, one of the traditions that hasn't been co-opted. Um, even when I see people paying homage to Coquito, they still stick 
to the Coquito rules. Like they, everything mm-hmm. is still done the same. They still serve it the same. I think there's a lot of pride with it because there's a lot of, um, it becomes like the, um, it's like luring communion. Mm-hmm. It would be the wine, right? Mm-hmm. So like when I think about how the one coquito difference I find on the island is when you have um, cañita in your coquito, which is if you're the, not the with the moonshine, yeah, mm-hmm. it's strong. So like for me, I'm good. Like I don't even want to taste it because that taste lingers. So you're right now. I, I can actually really, it, yeah, it's it's a strong taste. But what's funny on the island is that when my mom, when we get to Puerto Rico during the holidays. The first thing she'll do is call my cousin Maya and be like, "Yo, who got the cañita? Like, who got the who got the good stuff?" And then they'll, you know, make rooms and make you know go find it. But even though it's an outlawed substance during that holiday, you can find police officers and common folks sitting together having coquito, whatever. You got cañita, bad. Let's let's share that. It's something that kind of binds us. We share it. We we laugh over it. It's communal. And it's, there's a story behind it. Even I just found out last year that my son likes it. So now I have to kind of keep it hidden mm-hmm. because all my teenage, I have nothing but 16-year-olds in the house now. Uh-huh. So I'm like, yeah, 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 it's that's sweet cute. and creamy. And yeah. then you're like, yeah. it's way too easy it's, to drink. And yes, <laughs> especially if you make it right yeah. and yes. you, don't, you can't really taste the alcohol. Yeah, then you'll get dangerous. real jacked up. Yeah. We say, <laughs> uno se va con el gustito. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, the bottle's gone. So you start. Can s- you translate that? Um, you go, you sort of go on with the flavor. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'm probably jacking that's that up right. but you you go on with the flavor you start tasting it it's so good next thing you know yeah you're pouring another glass next thing you know mm-hmm. the bottle's gone so mm-hmm. i highly recommend that when you're purchasing purchase the big, big bottle or get, and get two <laughs> i have somebody buy a bottle from me or for like a, and hide one, it from the teenagers <laughs> yeah hide it um she bought a bottle for like 1.75 liters she got it home during thanksgiving the merry she got it on what thursday wednesday night by Saturday, she came back for more. She's like, yo, I just drank it all while I was cooking. Mm. Didn't even notice that oh I drank it all while yeah. I was cooking. Whoa. Yeah. And it's fatty, too, so it's, like, heavy. Yeah. I feel you on, like, how heavy it is on your stomach. But when I've, when I've had it, I like just, like, the little taste of it. You know, like a real small glass, just, you know, it's, like, delicious. So I wonder also, like, you were talking about the pride part, and bo- and you've lived in Puerto Rico and here. Do you feel a difference in how... Um, Puerto Rican pride comes out in the continental part of the U.S. versus on the island in in terms of like holding on to these traditions and trying to kind of feel your Puerto Rican community here within the rest of the population. Man, so there was a comedian, I forget his name, who used to, he's from Chicago, he used to be an attorney. Oh, yeah. Canadian, right? Um, What's his I've name? seen him so many times, I should know his name right off the top of my head. So it was Rafael Ramos. There you go. He started at Bregamos in, in New Haven. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right, that's right. So remember he did a skit where he was talking about how anywhere, you know, you know you see Puerto Ricans because anywhere we go, nosotros plantamos bandera. So mm-hmm. we, we plant our flag wherever we go. And um, that's just how we demonstrate our pride. We want to make sure, one, you know that there's some Puerto Ricans here. And two, don't forget that there's some Puerto Ricans here. And we do so by sharing as much of our culture as possible. My mother would do that often by cooking for people in the neighborhood. When we first moved here, we lived in the Dwight Kensington neighborhood when it was predominantly African-American. And we were one of maybe three family, Latino families in that neighborhood. And before you know it, everybody would show up at my mother's door to have some arroz con gandule. That's how we, you know, we practice. It's part of our tradition of hospitality. We want to feed you. We want to love you. And for me, when I think of the way that we practice that here versus there, Puerto Rican pride is, 
is inevitable. Like we don't ever let it go. We can be doctors and we still have some kind of pin somewhere where we tenemos mm-hmm. el planta, plantamos mm-hmm. bandera. That's so if, true. Come by my house, you'll find that the Puerto Rican flag is still hidden right on my door, like right above my door. You're like, yeah, it's right there. Not on the window? No, no it's in the window. <laughs> it's in the window. I, I wanted to do it outside, and my boyfriend was like, really? We're going to do that? I was like, whatever. I'm just going to put it right here so you know that this is, we're here. Yes. Yes. We're, yes. We, um, I grew up in Fairhaven, and, you know, Fairhaven is predominantly Latino, but um, I now live in North Brantford. And I have taken my tradition and all the parties and, you know, the parandas, I've had them. And, you know, there's not a lot of Latinos in North Brantford. You're in a suburban, very white area. Yeah, Yeah, I've had the, like, huge parandas in my house. And I know the neighbors are saying, what is happening over there? Um, But I will never let it go. Can Can you explain a little what is a paranda for people who don't know? A paranda is... It's um, caroling. I'm trying to get the right. Puerto Rican In style. The Puerto Rican style, right? Puerto That's Rican like style. the English translation word. Right. So it's <laughs> so, caroling. They show yeah. up at your house. Sometimes you do plan it. You know, you wouldn't expect it. You know, we are, you know, it's like working parents and yeah. and we have to plan stuff. But you do plan and usually if you, in in the old, old custom, they would just show up at your house you as the dama of the house would start cooking with the other women, start making a sopong and feed everyone and everyone dances and they have um, all the uh, Puerto Rican instruments and coquito and cañita and everybody starts to drink. They start to carol, um, sing all the Spanish songs. Um, um, And we just, and then once you're done there, then you hop to the next house. Mm-hmm. And that's the barranda. It's caroling from house to from house. From house to house. And then um, you're drinking some And you're drinking along the way. And mm-hmm. I've done that. I mean, I had it done in, in North Brantford. And I've also participated here. So we go from house to house. And we just sing and drink mm-hmm. and be merry. And if there's no more instruments, guess where we're pulling out? The pots, the pans, the cucharones. And we make, you know, the best of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Beautiful. Um, so I think we should taste this. We've been talking for a while, but we haven't. So I'm pouring a little bit of of Ida of your coquito. So let's give it a little taste. What do you think, Addis? Oh, she's happy. I see why you're a reigning champion. Thank this you. Thank you. I can taste a coconut. Mm. Oh my goodness. More than it. Ta- it does taste and like cinnamon. A, like a coconut milkshake is what it tastes like. That's oh my what my goodness. kids say. My and a little say. cinnamon bun, like the creamy. It's very cinnamony. Yeah. And that you wow. can always tweak that, too. Yeah. You know, you can always. No, I'm not complaining. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just more than, than I, I took a lactate pill. Please, um, <laughs> you want some more? Yes, she prepared please. herself. <laughs> I prepared myself for today. That uh, deliciousness. Oh yeah, goodness. so you, tell us about the contests. How does that describe what the contests are like? Because you've won a few of them. The contests are fun. They're actually... um. Contests are fun. First, on the serious note, they are serious, of course. Um, anyone that joins the contest, there is um, it's a blind t- taste, so you don't know the the you don't know whose drink you don't know belongs who to you're who. drinking, right, and then you score right. Um, score A, B, C, either alphabetical order or number, and you score which is your best, um, and then you tally on. And then you, you know, you win. Um, I won a couple. I've also gone to New York to participate. If you think we're a big deal with this, they are 
they are a big deal. Um, they usually do a crawl, like from pub to pub. It's a little difficult there because you're crawling from from bar to bar or pubs, and you're tasting as you're going. So that's but is it the drink from the bar or just no, somebody no, no, no. made their homemade one? They just one separated and did it all in different all the contestants. So then it's like the party through the yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, they mm. just everyone parties wow. and there's things along oh the goodness. way. There's parrandas, there's Spanish music, there's <gasps> you know fabulous. everyone is is partying. So New York is awesome. Yeah, um, we're good too. I have to tell you, we have a great time. You don't get a lot of them like in New Haven. So when one has a contest, like there's one coming up now, mm-hmm. which is with PRU Arte and Progreso Progreso Latino. Mm-hmm. That's at um, Tatas, right? That's gonna no, no. That's that's a paranda. There's a paranda at Tatas in Wallingford this on, weekend, uh-huh. and then on it's the Three Kings. Um, January 4th, mm-hmm. there is the first annual Three Kings with uh, the Coquito Masters contest yes. that's happening. And it's a partnership between a whole bunch of Latino organizations. So Junta for Progressive Action, Arte Inc., uh, Progreso Latino, and the PRU, which is a Puerto Rican United Incorporated yep. um, group. And so they're all hosting it. I think it's been hosted by Arte Inc. before. before. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so now all these groups came together and I, they said it's the first annual. So I think they're planning on it's like gonna really be big. carrying it. It's going to be epic. It I think this yeah. one's going to be probably their biggest because you've got a lot of organizations coming together. And we've done them before. You know, there's some funny things. You know, people, you they come in, they, you have a person that only that one person knows whose coquito belongs to who and they're very good about it but some people will bring in a, a bottle and they'll add like cranberries on it and we're like no inside or just on the outside inside oh we okay. think it's just for identification mm-hmm. purposes and we're like no you can't have oh, that yeah. so you know there's things that happen that we have to um <laughs> sort of look out for they'll add the cinnamon stick yeah that's tricky because a lot of people do add the cinnamon stick. However, not everyone does. So we try to say, don't bring in the cinnamon sticks because we're going to know that it belongs to you. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you would tell the other person, hey, mine's got the cinnamon stick in there. You know, right. so just vote for me. So, you know, there's there's funny parts because people will do, you know. So what would you say about this? Like, t- tell me about like the rum taste because it tastes, I mean, it's so creamy. But what? tell me more what you think about hers. I can't taste the alcohol at all. So I can't even pinpoint what rum she's using. I, I can't I can't taste it. This is this is utter deliciousness. Yeah. It has like Thank the you. warmth, like you can feel the I alcohol just it. in a little warmth and it but it has like a real caramelly taste and yes. I can feel the um the egg. Like just not if you hadn't told me I wouldn't know, but since I know that mm-hmm. it's in there, like that real creaminess that isn't just from the cream of coconut and from the the milks, you yes. know. Do you add any other spices besides cinnamon? That's it. Do you add other spices in yours? Um, I have at once or twice, like just added a pinch of nutmeg. Nutmeg could be I very overpowering. It, mm-hmm. Yes, so it could. It, it, so in, I've added it just, just you know, to see if there was a difference. Um, and I did taste the difference. Um, it was a, it wasn't the same. It's very taste. distinct. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So I've learned leave it alone. So, but I, <laughs> yeah. I still ask other folks if they use any other spices. Yeah, and you, and you I, identify people that make them. Yeah. Like I have a friend that does the nutmeg. So he's like, well, his, you know, if we're all on the table and people tend to bring the bottles to parties. Well, his is a nutmeg. Mm-hmm. Hers is, you know, um, con con cañita. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah. People, Somebody just delivered one to me, a friend, um, Talia Nunez, who makes yes. hers with um, star anise. So she makes it actually like a simple syrup that she puts star anise and maybe some of the other spices in. 
which then makes it even more sweet. But it wasn't overly sweet, and it wasn't hers was a little thinner than this. So yours has more is more mm-hmm. thick and creamy, mm-hmm. and hers was still like that good creaminess, but not as thick. But I like the starriness, and I expected it to be overpowering, but it wasn't. It was like very subtle how yeah. it was in there. And even so. your cinnamon is faint. Yeah, like I know You're that I, love, I'm, I I'm heavy. <laughs> I'm heavy with the um, vanilla. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really heavy with the vanilla, um, and yeah, I can't. It's yeah, I yeah, I I think I might have to purchase a bottle from you. Yeah, oh, thank you. <laughs> let's let's pour yours and try it. And um, it's too early to get drunk. I know. <laughs> we just have a little. I just have a little taste. So um, do a lot of people sell coquito around? Like I've seen it a few. Feels like everybody sells coquito. I it, think so. It feels like everyone. So recently, the conversation has probably gotten sparked even more so because I think I seen a post last week <clears throat> where someone. Um, call the authorities on someone who was advertising selling um, coquito online mm. um, and saying that you need a liquor license to do that oh, and yeah. that has sparked a conversation around it. Um, so that's just something to think about. as we With respect to selling it, I'm kind of... I don't really sell it, sell it. Like, I don't advertise that I, I'm selling anything. If anything, if someone contacts me and goes, hey, you, you've got it. I know that last year I made an attempt to to make money off of it, but I found that I was just looking to share the recipe with folks, and I ended up spending more money than I was actually making. So yeah, it's expensive I, to make. I it. don't, I don't really sell it unless my friends, you know, really want it. I'll yeah, I'll do so, but I usually make it for my mom. And then what I found, the longer it sits, the better it tastes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. if if you're smart, you can make it together. this year and not touch it till next year. Oh, really? And it'll really kick. Do you keep it in the refrigerator? I usually keep it in the freezer. In the freezer, okay. Wow. All right, so what do you think? Taste, Delicious. Give a taste. I can taste the eggnog. It's a different taste. Yeah, it is a different They're taste. They're different tastes, and I can taste the eggnog. It's delicious. And I have to say, at first, eggnog, I'm like, eggnog? But this is really, really good. It's, I think it's the quality <clears throat> of the eggnog, too. You just can't get... Yeah, I got, the, I got a really good eggnog this time around. Yeah, I, we're going to trade. I'll I give you some of mine. Give me some of yours. <laughs> and I definitely Definitely give like me some of yours. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's a little stronger. Oh. I taste it. Yeah, more. my my mama. She mm-hmm. told me that I, mass. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I But um, I'm glad that I do it that way so that I can actually tell when it's the one with alcohol. Because if you're not careful, mm. you can serve this to the wrong person and have them really bent. Yeah, very but, good. Yeah. I'm still drinking. It's so good. So I'm going to let people know they are listening to WNHH 103.5 FM in New Haven, Connecticut, Community Radio. This is The Table Underground, and I'm Tegan Engel, your host. We are talking with Ades Castillo and Aida Casanova about Coquito. So question, for the Masters competition, do you is there a criteria to enter, or is it open to anyone to enter? Do you oh, know? Open to anyone. I think I might. A couple of people sent me the notice. I, I like, have tagged the, uh, me. I, I think... have the notice. Uh, I have. I'm on Arte's board, so I know okay. I have all the info. Are you participating this year? Or no. You or judge? No, I don't. I want to have. I want to. I. I think everyone judges. I'm not sure we how they're judge. doing it <laughs> this year. <laughs> we all everyone judge. judges. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I and I was telling. I was telling her that I want to just enjoy it. I want to because sometimes when you're making, you're you know you're sort of in the hustle and bustle, and I'm like. I'm good. I think I'm good. I think I want to just have a great time and participate. I mean, and, and um, enjoy it. And I'm coming. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sold. I'm coming. I want to go taste everybody else's yeah. stuff. 
I yeah. did see that you have to make three gallons of okay. it to enter. Not a problem. And I know you make giant batches oh, yeah. of yours in a big old pot. Big old pot. <laughs> and then sit it in the back room and in the cold weather and let it just sit there as long yeah. as it yeah. wants. Yeah. It's true. It, the longer you let it sit in the fridge, yeah. the, the better it is. And I will put the the information all up on the tableunderground.com mm-hmm. so people can link to everything and see the uh, there's an email for somebody at Junta to contact. And I encourage people in other places, like, ask around because there seems to be coquito contests all over the place. If there is a Puerto Rican community anywhere near you, even a small one, um, there will be a, I'm pretty sure there will be a coquito contest happening. I agree. <laughs> so definitely ask around. And I, one thing I love about this is that it is very homemade very word of mouth very kind of even if people are selling it's like to their cousins and their aunts and uncles and it's more to pay for the cost of the ingredients yes and the bottles it's not you know necessarily about like making money um you know some people get all fancy with their labels they and- do i used to get very fancy i just honestly i'm so busy lately but i used to have my label i named mine so i'm like i didn't trade what's the name Koki nova because i'm casanova oh. so it's Koki. Coquito, but Coqui Nova. Nice. Yeah, so when I would compete, I'd sort of uh, tag it with that name. You know, one thing I really wanted to find an abuela, a grandma, to come on the show and talk about like the old school coquito making. And it w- I talked to a number of older people who, and it was funny because somebody actually ended up connecting me to Addis's mom, but I didn't know it was Addis's mom. And so all of the grandmas were like, no, now my daughter makes it, my son makes it, my nephew makes it. And so I feel like there's this real, it's very alive and it's really being passed on from generation to generation, which just makes me very, very happy. <laughs> so it's really beautiful. Can you um, explain a little, uh, I've seen a lot of coquito making start in November and that it's going like way into January. And this seems different than kind of Christian white American Christmas, which is really about, you know, December 25th, Christmas Day tradition. Can you talk a little bit about in the Puerto Rican community, this long holiday season, both of coquito making and kind of you have three Kings Day and other holidays into January? So the holiday season for Puerto Ricans starts Thanksgiving and it doesn't end till San Sebastian in January, and I'm not really sure what date that is. I know that falls after Three Kings Day, I think it is. Um, it does. I think it's a week after. Sansa is the week after. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went uh, maybe a couple of years ago, so it's like in 14-ish. So it's like the second week in January. Okay. So for two months. Um, I, I wish I could tell you more about what that route is. Um, I think a lot of that is built into the fact that um, for us, um, Puerto Rico is tra- was traditionally Catholic, um, so it wasn't about Christmas Day, but more so Three Kings Day being honored as well. So kind of looking at the full spectrum and that whole time period, I, I really wish I had done more of asking my grandmother, what is that about? But I can tell you that it, that's the happiest place on earth mm-hmm. um, during the holidays. If you've n- ever want to really experience what it looks like to be in complete joy mm-hmm. all over for like two months, go to Puerto Rico for Christmas. Mm. I'm I'm actually leaving on Christmas Eve to go down there to spend a week uh, to jump around the island and go to Culebra and um, Cabo Rojo to kind of see how everyone does their time down there. But um, I remember a friend of mine when I was working at um, Long Lane told me that he read in a magazine that um, out of 365 days in a year that Puerto Rico had more than 378 festivals that happened mm-hmm. wow. on the island. 
<laughs> and I'm like, that's he's like, that's more festival than days in an actual calendar. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of overlapping. There's a lot of pride that happens during that time. I think there's a lot of um, religious traditions that happen a lot as well. Like we practice, and during that time, folks go to mass on Christmas Eve. Like it's it's a big thing, even if. If that's what your family practices, you get together in communion mm-hmm. for the most part during that year. Um, damn, what about for you? Like, what is that? How have you come to know that part of um, the tradition to, to party for two months? That's and, what yeah. it feels like. Yeah, I'm, I'm and jealous. Also, <laughs> and also explain a little what is Three Kings Day and San Sebastian for people who don't know what those are. Um, I'm I'm actually jealous that, you know, they party so much and we don't. We're just like stuck at home. And, I'm, you know, you sit there and go, you know, next year I'm going to Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. That is it. And then something else comes up mm-hmm. or or it's super expensive to yeah, go I bought, up there I bought my tickets know. in the summertime because usually by the time October rolls around, the prices double and triple. Mm-hmm. They the do. Um, you know, it. It, Puerto Rico is the happiest place on earth. And we do talk about my husband and I share the story all the time. I said... He's retired, and I will soon retire, and we're leaving. We're going. Well, you know, whether it's most of the year, but we want to we want to be happy, and I think it's the vitamin D. I don't know. Um, I have been up there, and during sunset, it's a big festival. Mm-hmm. It's honestly, I just joined the festival. I my you know, with, I went with Daniel Diaz, and we had a great time. That was my first time experiencing it, and. Everyone takes it, um, you know, they take it to another level. They just have a great time. I don't know too much about it. Three Kings, I can tell you, it's a celebration that has, you know, I think that Three Kings is our Christmas mm-hmm. here. So Navidad, Christmas in Puerto Rico, it's it's okay. But Three Kings, it's a bigger deal. It's more, it's religious for them. Um, it's more important than Christmas, and I People are probably going to kill me if I said that when I because I said that. But I think Three Kings is much more important. Yeah, it's special Rico. that they're doing this contest. I think on Three Kings yeah. as mm-hmm. like a way to Actually, bring more celebration sense, though, around cause, that. Because you're right. For us, even um, I think when we look at Christmas, Christmas has become more of an American tradition. The way that it's practiced here versus Three Kings Day becomes more of us honoring what it is to be of service to other people. Mm-hmm. So it's not about a gang of gifts under the tree. It's about one specific gift that you give to another person. Mm-hmm. Um, even in the way that is explained to children, like, you know, you get a box and you put some hay in there, you put it under the bed um, because you're celebrating how the three kings came to see Jesus and, and reward him and, like, on, like love on him mm-hmm. when he first mm-hmm. arrived on earth. So... Again, there's a lot of a lot of the traditions that we have on the island are rooted in Catholicism and have really uh, transcended over the years and over the generations, especially for Puerto Ricans who end up leaving Puerto Rico and coming to the States. We also have to, to some extent, um, uh, assimilate Mm -hmm. (laughs) here. I mean, I was thinking the other day that we were going to. So I run a citywide youth coalition. Right. And I've decided that. um, when I got into the work and started, you know, working with young people, there's no reason for us to be open during a Christmas holiday. Like, we should be taking time off. And then this year I've decided that we should stay out until right after Three Kings Day. Like, what's the point of coming back to work on Thursday for Friday? Nah, just... I agree. We just take the time off, be with your family, don't rush it. And I think that's what I, I really enjoy about our Christmas tradition, that it doesn't feel rushed. Mm. And it doesn't feel like it's always about gifts. If anything, our Christmas tradition is much more about... Um, spending time with each other. So as you were talking about parrandas, 
um, I got to experience a matutino. So parrandas and matutinos are very similar. It is caroling, but in a different tradition. When the matutino happens, is a group of folks come caroling outside your door, but really singing like Christian hymns to you mm-hmm. and coming to be to bless your home. And they'll come and sing in front of your house. Your family will come out. They'll pray for the household. You can either invite them in to continue the party, or you can join them and go to the next person to carry on a blessing. So it, we just happened to have that experience when we were in Puerto Rico the Christmas of 2008. Mm. I was out there with my mother and my aunt and the guy that I was dating at the time. I remember we were outside talking, having drinks, and we saw this group of people outside start singing and we're like, it's 11 o'clock at night. What are they doing? And we came, then they came right over to us. And my mother was in tears and mm. crying and praying with them. And she goes, no, that was a matutino. Those people came from church, came out caroling, looking to give blessings to everyone in the neighborhood. Mm. And that's the kind of spirit of tradition that you have on the island. We just want to love and be of blessing and of service to one another. So that spirit lives on there. And I love, you know, how it lives on here. We do it in Fairhaven. We do it in the hill. We do it wherever we are. Yeah. We want to do the same exact thing. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's making me think I would love to hear your thoughts on the complexity of, you know, Catholicism as a colonizer religion that came to Puerto Rico and to many places around Latin America and South America. And the Taino culture, like the indigenous culture, and then the African traditions and culture, which are all mixed up in Puerto Rico and others, right, and other mm-hmm. traditions um, and other cultures. Can you talk a little bit about, like, how you experience those different cultures in these holiday traditions, or 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 do you not experience them? Like, what's some of the complexity of that? I would have to say that, so I, although I was raised on the island, religion wasn't a big Thing that my family practiced. It wasn't until I moved here with my mother and she became involved in the Pentecostal church here in Connecticut, in New Haven in particular. Um, and the Pentecostal congregation in New Haven is rather large, mm-hmm. Assemblies of God. Um, and they've become like their own family. So I grew up in that tradition and that tradition was really about constantly being in church. I spend a lot of time in church, Tuesday, Thursdays, wow. Saturday morning, Sunday, all day. Um, and those traditions are still very much rooted in, um, for lack of a better term, white-based colonizer Christianity and what have you. Um, what's interesting, though, is growing up in my household, my mother often shunned or looked poorly upon some of our indigenous practices on the island. So the idea of having um, figuras or santeria, all of that was like, that's idolized, you know, idol worship. We're not supposed to do that. And now as I get older and I start doing more history and understanding, I think a lot of, um, a lot, we've been colonized so much that we kind of have shunned upon our own traditions, dismissing them and thinking them that they're satanic when in actuality, these are religious practices of a different kind. So I think now at this stage of my life, I'm much more interested in learning about what that is. Specifically now that I don't have the veil of, oh, well, this is anti-Christian if I want to see how other people practice. Because the truth of the matter is you have Buddhism, you have, you have, you know, um, Judaism, um, you have all these other religions. And I remember always asking my mother if they're one religion over another. And she would say, no, we just all practice differently, but we all serve the same God. Mm -hmm. So I I think um, I would love to know more about what our traditions are. And I've kind of been afraid to go into them out of fear that I'm somehow going against the grain of what God has, you know, in store for me. I'm, I'm not sure for you either. Um, it was a little different. We grew up Catholic, mm-hmm. very Catholic. However, we welcomed a lot of other um, 
religious practices. We had them all in our family, so we had to. Mm. Um, so I w- I'm not too, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty knowledgeable about, you know, sort of joining in with other religious practices. I ended up mo- shifting my religion over as after I had my daughters to more of a Christian, more liberal American Christian church, which mm-hmm. is almost like a Pentecostal, mm-hmm. but more liberal. Mm-hmm. Um, just for my purposes, it was something that I did on my own, and 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 it and I still believe, and there's not much of a difference. But we were very very Catholic, but we did welcome. You know, we had family that did mm-hmm. Santeria. You know, we had family that were you know from other religions, Jehovah Witness. You know, we had family that were Pentecostal. My fam- my husband's family is um they're Pentecostal mm. family, and we were okay. You know, we welcomed it. It, it just depends. Depends, yeah. you know, and it's. I love it. I love each and every one of them. I tend to, you know, just want to know what each one is the significant, you know, significance. What creates the religion, and you know, all yeah. that. Huh. I mentioned earlier that you were at us. You were in a musical called mm-hmm. La Negra La uh, La Bomba. It's a bomba musical. Can mm-hmm. you just explain what bomba is? Bomba is the oldest dance and music tradition on the island of Puerto Rico, established in 1600s by uh, enslaved Africans who were pretty much mixing in with the Tainos, um, who are Arawak Indians or native indigenous people who were on our the island of Borinque. Um, and also, it was used primarily to for us to communicate. A lot of people make the mistake of thinking that everyone spoke the same language, and even if you're from the continent of Africa, you're going to have different dialects. So the way that they communicated was through dance and drums. So the tradition of bomba follows, whereas you have a bate, um, a circle, a drum circle happening, and this is the dance area. And it's um, surrounded by barriles, which are barrels made um, out of rum barrels, uh, drums that are made out of drum barrels and goatskin to the tradition of West African drummers. Um, it's followed also with a couple of other sh- instruments, which include a gua, which is just a hollowed out piece of wood with, you know, hitting it with two sticks, mm-hmm. which is from the Taino tradition and as well as the ma- uh, maraca, just one maraca at that. So we get in this circle and then you have um, one drummer who's the primo drummer, who's the lead. And they'll have different rhythms that they play, but ultimately, someone walks inside to the bate, bows down to the drummer, and they begin to dance. And the primo will mark every step of that drummer. So whenever they would, let's say, plan a revolution, if you will, they would play the juba rhythm, and they would start dancing in a certain way so that other plantations Mm -hmm. can hear what the plans were for the revolution. Right. So it, it was a great time learning and dancing with the women over at Yale College. Shout out to Sofia Suarez, um, who wrote the play. And I dance and drum and sing with Movimiento Cultural with David, um, Kevin Diaz. It's such an important tradition. I've been excited to see it like blossoming and, and mm-hmm. becoming more and more visible here. And also like th- similar experiences in Cuba, in Brazil, and like so many places where music and dance was, was used. And, I, you know, the connection with Coquito, like you have this rum that came from like enslaved people mm-hmm. having to be forced to harvest sugarcane mm-hmm. and then you have this culture of rum but you also have this way that people all over the island were turning it into this this drink that they feel pride in you know outside of like there's like the oppression part and then there's like the beauty that people make out of life even with the hardships of life so absolutely it's 
all very complex, but yeah, I'm, I'm just appreciating witnessing all of it here in New Haven and beyond. Um, is there anything else you want to share? We got to wrap up, but um, you know, there's a lot. I want to give you a moment if there's something around Puerto Rico and what's going on on the island now or things that are feeling strong to you in your life around connecting with the island, the politics, anything you want to share before we sign off. I love the passion, the politics passion. I was amazed, what, a couple of months ago Mm -hmm. during all the breakdown of politics there and the their willingness to not give up it was amazing i went there like right after maybe the day after actually the day after you know mm-hmm. everything sort of broke down and it was decided um for him to leave and i for was when fascinated the for the governor yeah mm-hmm. um i was fascinated my husband and i were completely fascinated and we're like this is this is the real stuff this is what like i wish we can just practice that here sometimes when mm. We don't agree with certain things that happen. Um, it's just a passion. It just, it's amazed me. It never ceased to amaze me, actually. So there was like millions of people on the street. There were millions, just and I protesting wish, and I just wanted to be part of it. And I just made it a little too late, but I really wanted to be part of history in that way. And it was not so much of taking someone down, it was just power behind it, behind the people. You know, it's a group effort, it's an island effort. So mm, it's yeah. just, I get chills just thinking about it. Um, I think the only thing that I that comes to mind is, um, especially after hearing Ida say that her and her husband want to move down to Puerto Rico, I think that we should start a movement mm-hmm. of an exodus out, yes. of, out of the states uh, to go back to reclaim our island because before we know it, it's going to be bought up by a bunch of folks who are not from there for the yeah. purposes of Airbnb. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it, it's definitely a time for us to reclaim our space. But yeah, there was nothing more powerful than seeing the people power in the people of Puerto Rico. We don't play games. Nope. When we want to do something, we get it done. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm definitely looking forward to going down there next week. Um, and much like you, either I'm looking, I'm trying to figure out a way to live down there. Like, I'm like I'm here. I, New Haven will always be home. I will always have property here, but I want to have a piece of my land too exactly. so that I can mm-hmm. jump in between places. But mm-hmm. you start to met the two places I call home. Yeah, thank you. So we're going to wrap up, but I know you both have these special recipes that you have perfected. Are you willing to share them up on the, the table underground? Lots of people are asking, how do I make coquito? Yeah. Will you share your yeah. recipes? Yeah. So we will post your recipes at thetableunderground.com and some pictures of your beautiful bottles and of your beautiful selves. Um, thank you both so much for joining me today. Thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. Yes. This is The Table Underground. You can see more about this show, links and photos on the website, and you can also hear past episodes on the website as well as on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And thank you for listening. We're going to go out on some music from Puerto Ricans United at the 2018 Paranda Celebration at Brigamos Theater. Mm-hmm.